I love this next guest. We always have a lot of fun. He bought three shares of McDonald's when he was seven or eight, setting the stage for his incredible career as a financial author and then as a television personality, a motivational speaker, an entrepreneur. He's best known for his Finnish rich book series and automatic millionaire series of motivational financial book he's been on oprah winfrey regularly he's appeared on the today show cnn cnbc abc fox cbs live with regis and kelly and now he's here he's now the number one show all business with jeffrey hazlett i'm talking about david bach He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Hey, David. I mean, you are in so much. You've got Finish Rich Media, finishrich.com. You're on TV. You're on radio. What's the core business of you? Well, the core business of me, Jeff, is financial education. I'm, in my heart of hearts, I'm a teacher. Uh, I love to teach people how to be smarter with their money. And that's really a result of growing up in the investment business. I started going to financial education classes at the age of nine, and that's because my dad was teaching them. Um, so I've been doing this for really, you know, since I was really, really young, and I've spent, um, I, I, you know, I, I started in the investment business. I was at Morgan Stanley for nine years, and then I've spent the last 15 years just teaching all over the country. I've written 12 books and had the privilege to go really all over the world teaching people what we should have been taught, quite frankly, in high school or yeah. before high school yeah. on how to be smart with our money. And that's what I love to do. Which is which is the core. I mean, you're about smart advice, and, and, and I love that. Uh, finish, finish, finish rich. I can't, you know, I'm so bad about English. I'm also so excited <laughs> about this interview because every time you and I have ever gotten together, and, you know, we've not known each other really great, but every time we've gotten together, it's like raising the nuclear reactor rods out of the cooling tank. You know, we're always making magic and having fun together, which I love. And, so... Where, and you're just, you're animated about this, which I love. Where do you get your inspiration around this? Well, you know, again, I go back to the way I was raised. I learned about money originally from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. and, and the first book I wrote was a book called Smart Women Finish Rich. And I tell the story of my grandmother Bach. And my grandmother Bach, in many ways, is my, my original inspiration because she was a woman who started with nothing at the age of 30. She was broke. She was married to my grandfather. They were living paycheck to paycheck. And she literally self, you know, she went out and she made a decision at 30 that she wanted to be wealthy. Mm -hmm. And she became a self-made millionaire over her lifetime. And she had a lot of challenges to get there. It wasn't an overnight success. It took decades, well, not she, days. She right? wasn't, as I recall from past conversations, I mean, she wasn't a rich woman, right? She wasn't. She, in fact, she, was, she, sold, she worked. She sold wigs at Gimbel's department store. She lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, again, she was my original inspiration because she helped me buy my first stock at age seven in McDonald's because that was my favorite restaurant in the whole world. And at seven years old, she said, you know, David, you could be somebody who could make a lot of money here. And I said, Grandma, they're not going to hire me. I'm too young to work here. And she's like, no, I've got a bigger idea for you. And she taught me that day how to buy stock in McDonald's. That was the first, that was your my, first, is that your first one was it was that's it, my first that was that was my first investment how, and did you, how did you get the money for it and how much do you remember how much money it was and how many shares 
You know, I do because I saved. I had to save twelve dollars. I think it was to buy one share. And you know, she's like, "Look, if you, if you, you know, I'm going to give you your birthday money and your Hanukkah money, and if yeah. you, you know, I'll give you do some work around the house, and I'll pay you some allowance." And I saved that money. And yeah. she's, and then she taught me, "Look, you buy your first stock." She showed me how to open up the newspaper and find the symbol. I used to look forward to getting the annual report as a kid in the mail. Oh, sure. And then, you know, by nine years old, when we were at Disneyland, I'm like, hey, can I buy this place too, right? So that kind of enthusiasm has never really left me. And every day, you know, today, because I've been doing this for so long, every single day, Jeff, and I'm sure you have this too, I get these emails from people and these letters from people where they thank me so profusely yeah. for how their whole life has been changed. Yep. And, and there's such detailed letters. I got a letter today from somebody who saw me on Oprah back in 2004, bought the automatic millionaire, was in credit card debt, had no savings, and didn't own a home, and gives me this incredible thank you letter telling me how they got out of credit card debt, they own a home today, they've saved over $100,000 in their 401k plan. Their whole life has changed, and they've done that in a little over a decade. And so... And all, beca all because they all because they read your book, all because they followed some of your advice. And seriously, that that I get those two. And and sometimes they even come back with me with, "Hey, you said this," and I'm going like, "I did." You know, it's. I mean, sometimes I do. You know, we do say some things that are fairly profound, and we forget how profound they are because we think they're so simple, right? And, well, and, and yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean it's it, but that's it. And, and it, doesn't it just inspire the hell out of you just when you when you hear that from people like that? Well, it's, you know, and it gives me chills. Like you and I were talking, like we go around the country and we, you know, we, we, we do a lot of speeches. And this same person who wrote this letter to me, this was yesterday, this email, um, said, you know, I saw you at a speech in Philadelphia in 2009. I gave you an update on how I was doing. I stayed, you know, for a book signing. And you said to me, stay in touch and let me know how you're doing. And so I'm staying in touch. And I thought, you know, wow. I mean, again, the ripple effect of being of service. I always tell people, you know, because people go, how do you get passion? Like, the way you get passion is to be of service. Yep. The more people you serve, the more people you help. And by the way, you don't have to go out and change the world. I, you know, for some people, like, serve your family, serve, your, serve where you work, serve your community. Whenever, the more you give, the more comes back. And so yeah. whenever you look, I have, I have down days. And yep. I mean, ironically, the day, you know, Sometimes it's on those down days when you hear back from people where they appreciate your service that you get back up again. Exactly. And, and, and by the way, I've always found that I'm always reaching out to people, always helping people. And I, you know what? I find that real successful people are like that. And, it, and, and, and sometimes it's just the little things. I remember I had a guy who's the president of a major association big huge association you would know who he is i'm not going to say and he wrote to me and said jeff you're you know a lot of people in media you know a lot of people in advertising and i have a niece and i would never ask a personal favor but it's my niece would you help me and and i helped her get an internship by just sending an email to two people and said hey i'm doing this for an uncle we all been there would you take a look at her and they ended up hiring her I mean, that's great. I mean, it was in the email. What did that take me? I mean, I would want somebody to do that for my daughter or my my you know my niece or whatever. And what a great thing! Hey, you wrote or you you mentioned one time about your grandmother because I I love that inspiration because I think there's so much knowledge in our relatives sometimes and it's practical stuff and we don't pay attention. But you did and you you're, you're great. You said this. My grandma Rose Bach used to tell me, David, when the going gets tough, the tough have cash. <laughs> I 
she did, and she, you know, it, it, it's funny because I, I, I miss my grandmother so much because she's had so many nuggets of wisdom, and she, one thing she always used to say is, you know, the golden goose, don't kill the golden goose. And, yeah. and, and her message was, you know, when you buy investments, like specifically stocks, because yeah. one, one of the big things with owning stocks is that you're not, and people say buy low, sell high. People don't, a lot of people don't know this, but 45% of the returns annually from the stock market, like if you just bought an index fund mm-hmm. and you left it alone, and people say, well, the market's averaged 9 to 10% over history, which is true. Yep. What a lot of people don't realize is that 45% of the returns come from dividends. And it's actually dividends that produce the bulk of wealth. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother used to say, you know, hold the stock. You can spend the dividends. Ideally, right. you reinvest your dividends. But yeah, you, say, re- you know, reinvest it. That's what I do. I you know, never kill the golden, never kill that golden goose. And she's really right about cash. Like when you look at the recession that we went through. I mean, you and I both know a lot of entrepreneurs that got just absolutely walloped. Yep. And and had no cash reserves, and were living on on borrowed money, and not just entrepreneurs, but you know, you know, big companies, <laughs> people across America, yeah. and. Um, nothing kills a business faster than living on borrowed money when the going gets tough. Yeah, it's always tough. You know, I've always done two things. One, I've always, when I've doubled my stock, I usually sell it, half of it, okay, and keep and keep it, and then let it keep riding because I like the company. I bought them for a reason. And then I take that new money and I go invest in something else. Is that a smart thing to do? Yeah, I, I'm never, I never, uh, I'm never against taking some chips off the table. Mm-hmm. I do it a little differently than that because even though I'm giving you examples of individual stocks, I'm a big believer in building portfolios, primarily using index funds and ETFs. Okay, well, and I, no, I, a- I got to tell you, I do do that. I think that's, and I do do that. I'm talking about the stuff I go speculate with. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, if you're speculating and you really are speculating, then, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's interesting, though, because I bet some of those times when you've taken money off the top of those stocks and really worked out, they've actually gone a lot higher. Yes, they um, have. Yes, <laughs> without true. Right, so, without true, but I'm so, also a little bit like, and I'm starting to get up there at ages, and so that's kind of always been my rule. I've always, but I've also had some of those stocks, David, that have tanked, right? They went way up, and I thought I got real greedy, and then I just didn't watch them coming back. I didn't pay enough attention watching them coming back down to get rid of them. You know what I mean? And selling them when I should have sold them. But, you, you know, the truth of me, it's funny, as you talk about speculating in stocks, I mean, here's the truth. Well, this is what I believe. It takes a lot of work to earn money. Yeah. And, and really, if, you, if, if all you want to do is gamble, you should just go to Vegas with a little bit of money and have some fun. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think the stock, I think people really hurt themselves when they, quote, unquote, gamble in the stock market or they speculate. Because, yeah, I, sh- I should you know, use a, a better click- term, though. Maybe I shouldn't use the word speculate. But I'm buying things that I think are going where the companies that I know them or have met the owners. I mean, there's always something because I've always always learned too. I think your your grandmother was right. Buy the things you know, right? Like when you bought McDonald's, you went to Disney World. I, I you told my son, you know, I remember when he was about about your age then. He's about nine, ten. He took his first money and bought some shares of Walmart, and he still owns them, and he's he's 29. And he's done phenomenal. <laughs> he's got. Yeah, he's done. I have done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I you know I I've been doing the same thing. My son Jack is 11, and yeah. so I've been doing I've been teaching him the same way that I was taught, and so we've been buying stocks that he's interested in, right? So he owns things like you know, the Facebooks and Amazon because that's where he shops, and he wanted to buy stock in the Gap because that was where he got clothes. Sure. Now he wants to buy Shake Shack because Danny Meyer here in New York oh, just yeah. brought Shake Shack public. Yep. So I'm all same thing. I think it's really a cool thing for parents to 
the way you excite your kids, even though I believe for investing, you're better off with a diversified portfolio, teaching your kids to buy individual stocks is a phenomenal way to get them excited about investing. Well, it's a good start. And it changes it's a good the way start. they think. Then they can learn about the funds. They can learn about the various parts of portfolio. But at least, you know, when they're, you know, it's like 45 bucks, 50 bucks, maybe it's even a little bit more or a little less. It's, it's a good way to kind of get them started, to get them a taste of that, don't you think? I absolutely do. And, and it, I think it's one of the most important lessons, other than teaching your kids to be good people and doing what's right there. Day I said to my son, you know what? The most important thing you need to know in life is that in your heart, you're, as, long as, you do, as long as you're a good person and you do what's right and you treat others the way you want to be treated, you're going to live a great life. Yeah. And I think you know, those, the value lessons to me are the most important to teach your kid, but the money lessons are really important too. Um, and, and values to me are such a big thing. It's passing along your values to your kids through your actions and your words, but it's teaching them. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to realize, like I said the other day to my, my, you know, my son hasn't read all my books, obviously, because he's 11. And I'm like, I want you to read The Automatic Millionaire. Some of your friends have read The Automatic Millionaire. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, but I've got you to teach me this stuff face to face. I'm like, well, I know that's true, but, yeah. you know, pull yeah. out the book and take Exactly. Pull out the book and, and, and read it, too. And, hey, let's talk it over dinner. Hey, i got to take a break because America runs on Dunkin', and so does all business with Jeffrey Hazlett. I love Dunkin' Espresso. I talk about it every single week. And there are over 15,000 different ways to order coffee at Dunkin'. It's America. We like choices. And I choose espresso because all business with Jeffrey Hazlett runs on Dunkin'. You drink coffee, David? You've got to drink. You, you must have... Like, I do, I do, I do drink coffee, and you know, truthfully, I can give you, I can, I even though nobody you didn't pay me for this, I'll give uh, Dunkin' a shameless plug because I happen to love Dunkin' uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffee. But I'm a big believer in making your coffee at home, so I actually get my Dunkin' Donuts coffee at the grocery store that, and make it at home. It's good stuff. Because uh, by I, the way, it's, yeah. it's a lot less expensive when you do that, and then you don't have a big latte factor. Yeah, but you, <laughs> yeah, but I, but I got to go get up and, and 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 serve it to myself. I like going in, and usually I like yep. to grab a little breakfast sandwich or something too. Okay, let's talk some more because uh, we're both caffeined up here, and I've actually had five espressos already before we did this. You, I love this quote that you had that you said, don't accept less than your worth. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's still important. And I don't know if you're reading that out of Smart Couples Finish Rich or which book you're reading that, that out of. That is the one, uh, Smart Couples Finish Rich. Smart Couples Finish which Rich. I love yeah. what you're doing right now. Because aren't you doing a whole seminar series right now with couples? I am. So we've been doing an entire tour all over the country called Smart Couples Finish Rich, the retirement uh, seminar. And it's been amazing. Like I, just was, I was just in Los Angeles. Then I went to Chicago, then I went to Boston and Detroit. We had thousands of couples there, and it is a seminar specifically for couples to come in the room. We had a lot of couples, well, all ages, but a lot of couples in their 50s really getting ready to plan for retirement. Wow. And what's so fun about these seminars is that, you know, money for couples can create a lot of tension. Oh, it's a lot of fun. It's got to be the biggest bone of contention for divorces and, and not getting along is how you handle money. And I, you know, I, before my son got married and, and my daughter's getting kind of serious, you know, I always say you, we have to sit down, you have to sit down with your, your potential spouse and have a real hard discussion about how you're going to do the checkbook, how you're going to do those things, right? You really do. And we, what we see through research and also from doing this for 25 years is that couples that plan together financially stay together. Yeah. Couples that fight financially get divorced. The number one cause of fighting, number one cause of divorce is fighting it over is. money. It is wow. And 
And so, it, and this is also, I know you have a lot of business owners listening. For entrepreneurs, the, the financial friction for many entrepreneurs, uh, it's very sad because it creates so many divorces. And, and then often what we see with entrepreneurs, as an example, is they sell the business and then they get divorced, which is even which sadder, is even right? Which is worse. They, yeah. It's, even, <laughs> it's, well, it's super expensive. And then more importantly, like you put 25 years into something, often that's about the length of which many people sell their business. Mm-hmm. And they sell their business at the time that they want to retire and be with their partner and live their best life. And then they get divorced. And often, again, when you go back to the root of the fight, it's a financially related fight to change the course of the marriage. So I've really, the last 25 years, uh, you know, one of my biggest passions has been teaching couples how they can work together as a team financially and, and how they can map out their lives financially. And often that involves working with a financial planner who knows how to really do financial planning for couples to bring you together if you're not on the same page. Yeah, and you're, and you're talking about, like, you know, what kind of goals, like, you know, having those things. Like, my wife and I are two opposites. One, you know, I'm, I'm bigger than her. I'm six foot three, 200 and, you know, some pounds, and she's this tall, small, tiny, petite woman, five foot one, and yet she's expressive, and I'm black and white, you know, aggressive. And, and so we had to go through those kinds of things just as we're opposites because opposites attract. And we had some differing things about the way we do invest or do things. And I, I have a greater risk, but she's learned to trust me over the years where she's allowed to bet, you know, let me bet on businesses when I sometimes I, you know, you know, go and bet the farm, so to speak, literally, because we do own some farms and to go and build that business. But if you don't have that and don't understand that with your spouse. You you are just you're just signing up for big 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 problems. Well, I think you're right, and also I think as entrepreneurs, we also have a responsibility to our spouse and to our kids. And entrepreneurs tend to focus so much on their business that they don't focus often on their family finances. And I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs I meet where they don't have a will in place, they don't have insurance, yeah. they haven't funded a retirement account. They may have a partner in the business, and they don't have a partnership uh, agreement or a key man risk policy. Well, that's a big and one, so, isn't it? That, see, you, the, oh, wow, I'm excited now because, look, I have a number of different partnerships with people. And the first thing I do is sit down with my partner and say, we got to talk about how we're going to insure each other. And, and, and with that comes, David, some real hard, you know, just like it is in marriage, it comes some hard, hard discussions around worth, meaning Who's worth more in the business? If I die because I'm the figurehead of that business, you want more insurance on me, and here's why, and here's what it's going to do to the business. And those are tough conversations, right? Well, those are tough conversations, but those are like core business conversations. Yeah. I mean, again, I'll go back to like if you have a partner or a spouse. If you own a business with somebody and you don't have all these agreements in place or a key man risk policy in place and you die, what is, your, your spouse may not even know how to get access to the equity in the business. What right. often happens with a business with a partner is that when that individual dies, the other partner squeezes the business down to nothing and the wife spouse it's gets nothing. nothing. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many people I've seen devastated by this. And what it goes back to is getting a financial plan in place. Mm-hmm. It goes back to having a protection plan in place. And I can just tell you to the entrepreneurs that are listening today, that are so busy. So they're probably listening to us on, you know, they're working out right now and they're listening to us or they're in their car on their way to work and they're going to say, I'm, I'm too busy to deal with this stuff. Wrong. You need to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. I, this is, I, I'm telling you guys, the, those that are listening right now, guys and gals, 
We are, we are right now giving you millions and millions of dollars worth of advice right this minute because let me tell you what, my wife came to me and she came to me many years ago and said, as you start these businesses, I went out of corporate life and left the Fortune 100. First thing she said, she says, when you, it, when you die, and she, eventually it will happen, and if you die sooner than we want you to, I do not want to inherit the business. I don't want to have anything to do with it. She goes, I want an insurance policy in place that the day after you die, a check comes to me, not to be morbid, but a check goes to my wife and she is out of the business and the business reverts to my other partners. And we did the same thing, not only for me, but we did it with the other partners. And we sit down with each of the spouses and we said, here's how much it is. And, and I even said to Carl's wife, for instance, I'll use examples. I said, Kelly, I love you. I will take care of you. I will do everything, but I do not want you in this business if Carl passes. And we had to have those kinds of conversations. That's worth millions of dollars, isn't it, David? Oh, it's well, and aside, and yes, it is, Jeff. And aside from the money, what it what it does is it prevents years and sometimes decades of hardship yeah. afterwards. Yeah, um, I can't. You know, this and is again being a fun, and hate and resentment and just you things, know, pe yeah. being a financial advisor. Um, one of the things when you're a financial advisor is you see everything, and so often we see families that are torn apart by generational wealth transfer. And it's because the family, the parents, didn't figure this all out before they one of them passed away, yep. and then the kids fight over all the money, and it tears the family apart. So, and I know this is like, and it happens to the best of families. I mean, look, I've gone, look, I've had my 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 parents have passed, and and we you have to have those kinds of conversations with your brothers and sisters, and each of and all the stuff that when you were little, when you were little five, six, seven, eight years old comes to the forefront when you're 50, 60 years old. <laughs> oh, man. It's, I just read some research that said sibling rivalries never go away. Never. I don't know if it's true or not, but I thought that was very interesting. I think it's interesting true. I, I, you look, you said this, and I want to make sure we, we reiterate, reiterate, you know, listen to us. You said you can't coulda, woulda, shoulda yourself to wealth or happiness, which means listen and act right now today is the best next day right that's right everything i've my goal in life whenever i'm out teaching and i even i consider this a teaching moment is to get people to take action and and it's to you know do a, a pattern interrupt to get someone to think like ask yourself a question and then take action immediately because without action, all we are is entertainment. And there's a lot of ways to be entertained, which I, I mean, I like to think that, Jeff, you and I are entertaining. Yep. But I want people to be educated to action because it's with action that your life changes. You know, my grandmother, Bach, at 30, making the decision that she wanted to be wealthy and the action that she took because she had no money was she brown bagged her lunch for a year to save enough money to start investing. That action is what changed her life. That actions would change the destiny of my family because once she became wealthy, she she passed that lesson on to my father, who taught to myself and my sister. That one woman's decision and action changed the entire destiny of our family. And now everything that I've gone out and done for the last 15, 20 years has been a result of that original lesson. So you just never know the ripple effect of your action that you could take literally today after we get after they get done listening to us. Hey, um, another one of my good sponsors, and you once said this, not paying taxes is a good thing, and one of my newest sponsors is Liberty Tax, 
and I'm real proud to have them support and be a supporter of all business. It's a great place to get your taxes done for those of you who need to get your taxes done. Also, it's a great way to start a business. Find out more at libertytax.com and find out if you belong at Liberty, where their mission statement is set the standard, improve each day, and have some fun. So David, let's talk taxes. What's one of the best things right now you could do to save on taxes? Okay, well, first, you know what the most obvious one is? Go get your taxes done professionally. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a good one. again, here I am. I'm going to help you plug your sponsor. But the reality of life is, and I, I've said this for 20 years, the amount of money that you spend on your taxes, you will get at least three times that amount of money back in savings if you have your taxes done professionally. That's yeah, been but, my experience. But, but Liberty Tax, I asked them the other day. I was with uh, one of their head officers uh, in Chicago doing a television show, and he said that 67% of the people do them themselves. I, I would not do my taxes. You couldn't pay me to do my taxes. It is inconceivable to me. The other problem with taxes is the tax laws change so significantly every year. So what should you do? Here's what entrepreneurs should do. I believe that one of the, I'll give you a handful of things that entrepreneurs should do, and anybody who's listening. Number one, the most important legal way to get a paying taxes, and the key there word was legal, yeah. is to pay yourself first using a deductible retirement account. Mm -hmm. So for employees that are listening, that means maxing out their 401k plan. That's a no-brainer step. That's where it starts. And it's getting at least 10% of your gross income off the top into that 401k plan. Now, for self-employed people who are listening, and you have a lot of entrepreneurs that are solo entrepreneurs, they should specifically be looking at a solo 401k plan. Because solo 401k plans right now, you can get up to $53,000 deductible into these plans. Wow. And they are a fantastic way to take money right off the top tax deductible. And SEP IRAs are great, too, but solo 401k plans, which very few entrepreneurs know about, is a great, great plan well, to Which at. is going to help about 20 million businesses, because there's about 20 million businesses in North America that are, you know, well under $500,000 in total revenue, and those are mostly just solo guys that are out there running, whether you be a plumber, electrician, or whatever it might be. Um, man, that I didn't I didn't know, David, that existed. I, I've always known about IRAs, I've known about 401ks, but I didn't know there were just these separate plans for solo entrepreneurs. Yeah, a lot, it's shocking to me. There's a lot of financial planners who don't even know about these plans. And I'll give you one more plan that almost nobody talks about. This is the ultimate tax-deductible retirement account. It is a true catch-up. It is the ultimate turbo catch-up plan. And it is called a defined benefits plan. And a defined benefits plan, again, it's really fantastic for the small entrepreneur. Meaning small, not meaning small income, but meaning like maybe you don't have a lot of employees. Yeah, just so a like couple if you're a yeah, you, you and some devout followers, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're a solo entrepreneur and you've got a high income, um, a defined benefit plan allows you to put up to $200,000 away tax deductible. So you find somebody in their 50s that wants to catch up. You could literally get a couple million dollars put away by the time you reach retirement, tax deductible. I might, I might find, have to start a business just to do this. <laughs> well, no joke. People do it all the time. I mean, like literally, like you could just take your speaking business and put it in, a, in an LLC and fund a defined benefit plan in that LLC. Ah, um, now we're there talking. Are so, there are so many. And here's the key thing. Here's what, here's what smart people do. The wealthiest, smart people who are wealthy spend time figuring out how to pay less in tax legally. And so these are just very simple things that people can do. Now, 
I'm a huge believer in real estate. I think when you're an entrepreneur, one of the first things you want to try to do is buy a building for your business and then have your business lease back from a separate LLC that owns the real estate. Again, that starts to provide you all kinds of tax benefits, including the ability to take tax, you know, amortize the real estate, run the business through. You know, you're paying yourself basically as you're buying your own real estate. Well, so, you, you make me sound smart, David, because I just bought a building in South Dakota for my uh, public relations and, and, and our TV business. And so, and then I set up a separate LLC, as I do on almost every piece of real estate I do. And I say that almost because sometimes I put all the farms in, into one more of one type of property um, because I'm leveraging I'm leveraging those assets against each other. But that's exactly what we did, and then we leased it back um, through the other the, just the means that you just talked about. Okay, so I want to be depressed right now because I live in Manhattan, where real estate such. So expensive. Yeah. Give me an, what did it cost you to buy a building in South Dakota? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. It was around six hundred thousand, and I can't remember the square footage. I think it's got to be a well over eight thousand square feet. And I got in oh one. Oh my god! I know. I know it, Dave. And and, and you know, I'm giving away the family secrets here. But you know, one half of the building. You know who I leased to? IBM. <laughs> IBM. So you so know, I, I got a great, great tenant. You know, they're not going away. I mean, IBM's going to be around for a long time, right? And so and we, meanwhile, meanwhile, you paid so little for the building, you were able to put it on your American Express card. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> Almost. I, I, so, I'm trying to get points. I should get points. That was good. I love that. There's a shot. You know, in, in Manhattan, I just looked at a, I just looked at a property in Manhattan the other day. It's a, 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 it's a, it's a commercial condo, 8,000 square feet, $10 million. Oh, so that and, gives you perspe- oh, yeah, perspective no, I have an on office, what you... Yeah, I have an office in New York, and it's a, <laughs> I, I could buy... 20 buildings for the price of what it cost me to rent my space there. It's amazing. Amazing. Wow. Well, congratulations. Well, thanks I love talking now. to you, buddy. Congratulations on all your success. You know, you, you're, you're out there doing it and making it happen and changing people's lives, and it's an honor and a privilege to be with you on your show, and it's it's great to just connect with you. Well, listen, let me, let me, I'm going to get some rapid fire. Let me, oh, well, before I do rapid fire, I got to ask you this. I got to ask you some advice, some forward thinking, because, you know, I was talking to Steve Forbes the other day, because, I mean, doesn't everybody, but I was talking to Steve Forbes, and he was like doom and gloom and all his prognostications for the future on the economy. I mean, he was just, it was just like, my gosh, it's not, I don't think it's that bad. Do you think it's going to be bad for the future? What, what do you think for all the small business and all the individuals that are listening out there? What, what advice you got for them? You know, I, I like, first of all, I like Steve. It's funny because last time I talked to Steve was in the green room at CNN. Mm-hmm. We were both promoting books. I can't remember which book he was promoting, but I think the book that I was promoting, ironically, was a book called, I'll have to go back and look because it actually these dates right, but I think it was a book called Start Over, Finish Rich. Okay. And the reason I, I tell you that is because it was 2010, I believe, and I was out there saying that a recession is a terrible thing to waste, the greatest opportunity to build wealth comes when recessions hit because recessions put everything on sale. The stock market goes on sale. The real estate market goes on sale. It's when you really build wealth. And he was negative back then, I recall. So, you know, we've we've just lived through the greatest economic boom of our lifetime. The stock market went from a low, the Dow went from a low of 7,000 to over 18,000 today. If you've been investing in the stock market consistently using your 401k plan and automatically saving money throughout this recession and recovery, you are wealthier today than you have ever been. We have more wealth in America than we have ever seen in our life. It's, it's over, we're $40 trillion wealthier in this country. Um, 
Americans, I think, are actually, you know, everybody talks doom and gloom. I don't know what, you know, look, there are some it. people out there that are struggling, but there are a lot of Americans doing fantastic. I've never, and, I've never had more success than I've had now, and it continues to come, and I feel great about it. But, you know, one of the things you, you said earlier, and your grandmother said this, said this as well, and the tough have cash. And I, I was driving home last night because, as you know, I'm going through some eye surgery. You and I were talking about it, and I can't drive, so people got to drive. I mean, my son, who works as our, you know, manages my speaking and, and, the, and the radio and the media business, and we were driving home, and we went past this golf course where they're making this huge development. And he said, who's buying that? And I told him, and I told him the guy bought it, and I said, he got it a great deal because he had cash. And I said, and I said, son, if you got cash, okay, you can get lots of great deals. And that's always the case. So I, you know, I think your, your grandmother's advice and, of course, your advice, man, if you got cash, especially in downtimes, there's great bargain. I mean, you could have bought some great real estate in New York a couple years ago, right, David? Oh, no doubt. And, and by the way, I did. <laughs> you know, I have a beautiful a beautiful apartment that I bought in 2009 at a time when nobody wanted to buy real estate. And by the way, just for people's perspective, perspectives, in 2009, I leased a small office for about 2,500 square feet right in the middle of what's called Nomad area. And it was about yep. 2,500 square feet. And I was paying about $7,500 uh, for that space. That space right now, right this minute, which I just moved out of, is now going twenty-five for, grand. No, it's all, you know, it's not quite that much. It's up to twenty. 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 Twenty thousand yep. a month. I mean, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So. By the way, people people said at that time that that um, I didn't mean to cut you off. I no, apologize. it's okay. No, I, I was going to rant and rave some more, Dave. I mean, it's, well, at, at that at that time. You know, I've always been a big believer in home ownership. And at that time, people were saying, you know, people are never going to want to own a home. You should rent. It's cheaper. All renting has done in these markets like New York has got it's become more expensive. New York right now is at 99% occupancy rate, meaning that there's only a 1% vacancy rate. Right. Apartments, you know, apartments back in 2009, if an apartment was $5,000, literally today that same apartment is eight, nine, or $10,000. Right. The landlords are the ones who get rich, and renters stay poor. And it's a, it's a hard thing for people to hear, but it's ultimately the truth. And w the way landlords become wealthy is they pay their debt down, and they have cash flow. So I, I just go back to, you know, to answer your question, though, full circle about Steve Forbes, and it has nothing to do with Steve Forbes. There are always people out there who will be negative. I believe that the way you build wealth is that you're an optimist. I would bet on America to win day in and day out, long term. You know, nobody believed America was going to recover after this recession as quick as we did. We were the country that has recovered the fastest and the strongest. I believe in this country. I believe in entrepreneurism. I believe in people who take action. And what I will tell you with all that being said, because I am extremely bullish and positive right now, I also think you need to be careful right now. Because we are in an economy that has been literally, for most people who are investing, perfect for seven years. Yeah. Every single investment asset class has basically been going up, and we see people getting greedy today. We see people who, you know, the margin rates, um, these are people who are borrowing money to buy more stocks. The margin rate has never been higher. And I would tell you that now is not the time to be getting greedy. 
and and also people are again this reminds me of the dot com days because now I'm old enough to have seen these cycles. Which one? You know, when you're yeah, which which when, one? Yeah, there's been a couple of them, but yeah, I I do remember those. Go ahead. Well, just it's the days when you know you go to cocktail parties and everybody's investing in a um, you know, in a brand new startup company right. and they're expecting to become the next billionaire. And I just think you know, I, I was with a friend the other day that was going to put. $100,000, they put it play money into this investment. And basically the company, all they have is a PowerPoint presentation. And I said, you know, the likelihood that you're going to see that money back is pretty low, right? Like, I know you say it's play money, but I do, do, I mean, how hard did you have to work to save $100,000 in after-tax money? Well, I, I, I got to tell you, I joke about that, but years ago after the first big dot-com bo- uh, uh, bust, I was speaking to the angel investors group out in uh, Silicon Valley. And I got up and I said, $3 million was invested, I think, in turtle.com for pet owners of turtles. Does anybody know a owner of a turtle? And by, and, and, you know, and what? And I said, and I said, what the F were you guys thinking when you did this? I mean, we're, we're kind of back to some of those days with some of those people, aren't we? Well, my classic dot-com story is I was doing a big speech in Walnut Creek, California. It was was at the absolute pinnacle of the dot-com days, and WebVam was huge. And I was doing a tech talk, actually, and there was about 500 people in this venue. And I said, how many of you have used WebVam? And I would tell you that in that room of 500 people, probably 400 hands went up. Well, I I was going to say, I loved WebVam. I loved it. So then I said, Jeff, how many of you have used WebVam twice? Keep your hands up. So now 400 went down to 40. I said, how many of you have used WebVan three times? Now we're down to 10. How many of you have used WebVan five times? All the hands are gone. I go, if you want to know how WebVan's going to do, you just got your own answer. (laughs) And I said, how many of you have been to the grocery store, the same grocery store, three times in the last two weeks? Every hand goes up. And so, like, where are you going? Well, they were going to Safeway, right? Like. So it's just, it was, it was, it was, there are times where people get very excited about the new new, but the new new doesn't always really work when it's new. Sometimes, so, yeah, sometimes it's well ahead of its time, which WebVan was, although they, I can't, I, if I recall, they spent about $4 billion investing in that. The, in fact, it was the founders of either Barnes & Noble or, or the other, what was the other uh, bookstore chain that was years ago? Dalton Books. Yeah, I forget, I forget if it was, but it, it was over a billion dollars that was invested and lost, poof, gone. Um, so, you know, some of these companies, these quote-unquote unicorns, I think we'll see that again. I, I just, I, so I guess I'm, I'm very optimistic right now, but I think now's the time that you hire a financial planner if you don't already have one. You have a rock-solid plan. You protect your family. You have all the things that you need besides investments. You, all things we've talked about the insurance, the will, the, the documents that protect your family if you own a business. These are all part of what I call financially growing up. And I, and I just really believe that in good economic times like this, this is also a time where you have some cash because there will be opportunities to invest again and it may not be at these all-time high prices. So I, I mark, you mark my word, in the next two or three years, there will be some fantastic opportunity to invest again at prices that are on sale and you know keep a little money ready to go for that opportunity because we'll see those days again you got it all right it's time for rapid fire david so buckle up what is dolp d-o-l-p dolp so dolp stands for done on last payment and it is a 
technique that I teach people and have taught for over a decade now on how to reduce your debt quickly, easily, and manageably. And, and it really what is the formula by how you stack your debt. So if you've got six credit cards, what Dolp teaches you how to do is order and prioritize your debt. And often what people tell you to do is take your highest interest rate debt and pay it off first. Using the Dolp formula, what you find in most cases is that you actually want to take your smallest card or your smallest amount of debt, you make minimum payments on everything, you make extra payments on the smallest debt, forget the interest rate, mm -hmm. you get that debt paid off and then you go to the next one. So it's an approach to paying down your debt. It's extremely effective and simple. And what it it's does simple. is it gives you a lot of momentum. It's simple. It's a great, and it makes you feel really good too. And once you get that good feeling, changing your mood, I think that's always good because it gets you ahead. All right, you're one for one, one for one, David. I'm going to give you a chance to move ahead and win this thing. <laughs> All right, here it is. Who is Traveler? He, he, he's our mascot at yeah. USC. Oh, okay, you got it. He's a white horse that appears at all the USC home football games. Very good. He's one of the most famous college mascot. And I, I would have given you credit to because it was also the horse for Robert E. Lee as well. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, but, I did not know Yeah, that. there you go. A little bit of Civil War history. Okay, I want to give you a chance to um, – Give a shameless plug. What what would you like to plug? If you could plug anything, I don't care what it is, but I always love to have people sell something. So what would you like to sell? Yeah, I love just selling education. So here's what I would say. Come and visit me. Visit my website at finishrich.com. Register for my newsletter. We, yeah. We're going to be touring all over the country. About, a lot of times, doing I, some more of those workshops for couples. We'll be doing some. We're, I, we'll be doing some more smart couples finish rich workshops. We're also creating an online course for couples and money. We have awesome. an online course coming out uh, for entrepreneurs and money. So visit us at finishrich.com. Register for our newsletter. We'll keep you posted. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com backslash I see you on the David Today Bach. Show. I see you everywhere. You're you you're on CNN, the Today Show. I see you. It's just awesome to see you've got some great books. And and by the way, the if you can go back and read all of David's book, he's got a whole series on the Finish Rich books and his Automatic Millionaire series. Um, all of those books are just awesome. And it, and even if they're a, a few years older, they're still good stuff. Great great advice. Fabulous. Hey, David, thanks so much for coming, man. What a pleasure. you got to come back because we have too much fun. I know, Jeff. Seriously, thank you. It really has been a pleasure. I, I love talking to you. I'm so glad that you're, everything's okay with your eyes. And um, let's keep it there. Let me know when you come to New York again. And uh, let's get together. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you and your listeners. Thank you so much. All right, brother. We'll see you later. Cheers. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Fortinet. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Hey, after every single show, I like to talk about what I learned. Man, did I learn a lot. I learned about some new things in finances that I never heard of, and you heard me talk about those. But I always like to tell you the big things, what I call those keepers, the big keepers. From my good friend Terry Paulson once told me, what are the keepers? After you go to a seminar, after you go to a convention, after you listen to a radio show or watch us on television, what are keepers? And I thought he had a, a couple of those that I thought were really good. And one of those was be of service. 
You know, I've always believed that if you help others, it comes back to you. You don't have to have that with the aim in mind, but the fact that you're helping others, people see it, they know it, and somewhere, sometimes somewhere, it pays off. So, And he said your family or at work, you know, friends, whatever it might be, uh, or even just some acquaintances and maybe even customers. What can you do to be of service? Being of service, and I always love, in fact, that's a lot of what my businesses are about, is being of servitude. In fact, I'll be talking about that in my new book, Think Big, Act, Act Bigger. And now, and the other thing I learned was live value. Live your values. Your actions and your words speak to the value and those values that you teach. And that's a great thing for us to remember, especially with our children, but also to think about that in our own businesses and organizations. What are the values that we have as a company? What are the values we have as people? So it's been a great day here and thank you so much for tuning in and listening and being with me on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett here on Play.it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.